Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Fantasy Sports Today, Craig Mish and Davis Maddock. It is draft week here on the show. This is hour two of our program. Follow us on social media on Twitter at SportsGrid. Thanks for watching or listening to the show. We've got our live coverage of the 2021 NFL Draft coming up this Thursday night at 7 o'clock Eastern. We'll have breakdowns of some more players, some more uh, FanDuel props, and everything that you possibly could want to get involved in it. And then a recap here on the show on Friday. So without further ado, let's get to our headlines here at the top of the hour. 26th of April, 2021 here on Fantasy Sports Today. Royals and Tigers starting now. Tickets still available probably for this one as a guess. It's cold. It's Detroit. It's KC. If, you, if you're tempted, tune in. 110 Eastern. Suns and Knicks. Now, that's a game I'd be interested in. Tonight's 11-game NBA slate. Knicks are playing great basketball. Suns are really good, too. That should be fun. MRI on Christian Yelich revealed no major issues. Not sure if he's going to play this week at all. We did get news on Juan Soto. Looks like Soto is going to be back for the Nationals later in the week. Can't play him in fantasy this week, I don't think. And the Vikings wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, going to be featured in Fortnite. Now, Davis, before we get back to baseball, I want to be clear on this. I uh, am not a professional gamer, don't play a lot of games. My my son, of course, has the Xbox. He plays a lot of this game called Roblox, very big into that. But we are we have not allowed him to dive into Fortnite. I understand he, he is eight, my son. So now if you are, I think, 12 or above, maybe Fortnite is more of the game for you. But I don't understand how this is even possible. How could you feature uh, a, a NFL player in Fortnite? So the way that it works is that they become uh, a skin that you can purchase Ooh. is what it's called. So basically your character looks like it. I mean, they've done all kinds of cool things with Fortnite. Like they've had concerts inside of Fortnite, like just all sorts of things that would, uh, I mean, even me, I'm, I'm 28 and this is kind of beyond my experience with gaming. Like there is, you know, there, there's so much going on that was not what gaming was like when I was a kid and Justin Jefferson, definitely one of them. All right. Well, in baseball yesterday, uh, two big stories. The first one is Fernando Tatis Jr. having a wild weekend against the Los Angeles Dodgers, for sure. The other one was an event yesterday that happened that Major League Baseball has not yet acknowledged as a no-hitter, which was Madison Bumgarner, seven innings, no hits against the Atlanta Braves. His catcher, Carson Kelly, breaks it down, simply put, saying it's a no-hitter or nothing. Today we came in knowing that it was a seven inning game. That's what we were told. It was a seven inning game and we gave up no hits in seven innings. Our, and 
you know, that's how I'm going to look at it. Whether the league says, you know, not an unofficial, whatever it is, you know, I believe it was a, a no hitter. We were told we were playing seven and, you know, he took care of business. Yeah. And I, and I think that for me, the underlying factor in this Davis is something that we talked about in the first hour of the show. People can go back and watch on demand is that what would happen if a pitcher was throwing a no hitter after six innings and the game ended? Well, that's happened before in Major League Baseball, and they determined that those were no hitters. So I don't understand what the even the debate is about this one, to be honest. I mean, it's just got to get changed. Baseball should step in. We shouldn't even have to have this conversation. But yet here we are. Here we are. And you're right. I completely agree with you. We've literally seen this scenario play out for a variety of different reasons. You know, team no hitters, game gets shortened by weather, game is official, game's not official, yada, yada, so on and so forth. Bottom line, if it's an official game that counts in the standings for a win, you don't get 0.7 of a win. You don't get 0.8 of a win. You get the full win. So why is Madison Bumgarner getting shortchanged for no hitting for seven innings and the game's over and his stats count? Like, this, it's, it's, it is completely backwards, makes no sense. And this is just a great example of baseball getting in their own way. How many rules, whether they be official or, or unofficial rules, get in the way of you know, enjoyment of the game, of fun. Like, this is a great example of baseball just stepping on their own toes. Yeah, I, I think also the one element that has to be fixed quickly is that, Davis, if, if Major League Baseball today doesn't come out and say that it is a no-hitter, in points leagues, there are some that you play in the format where if you if your pitcher throws a no-hitter, you get 10 extra points. Davis, you and I both know that, look, a lot of people probably did not play Madison Bumgarner this week after the last month. It's been no fun for him whatsoever. But if you did, you right now could have lost your week because you didn't get those points. So if that doesn't get changed like today, I mean, I don't I don't see this getting changed two weeks from now. And if it did, then what a wrench that would be for fantasy. That, that would be a rarity. Yeah, and I, you know, I wonder if that's one of the situations where your league commissioner should override it in the interest mm -hmm. of common sense because obviously it was a no hitter like there's just there should just not be any debate like baseball come on like we we've seen so many of these instances of baseball being like you know trying to be the no fun league right. like come on let's just let's just get it done baseball yeah the other part of this too is that i don't think on FanDuel, but if you're in vegas and the, the Westgate tends to have a lot of crazy props for every sport at the beginning of the year i think it's the super book uh, i'm guessing davis they had a prop uh, on the over-under of the amount of no-hitters for the season because they have, like, everything. And if they did, then this is a factor, too, uh, on both the over or the under. I mean, usually FanDuel does the right thing when these things happen. They just, like, award you whatever needs to be awarded, and they get it. But will they out in Vegas, too? I don't know. Good question. Okay, we got to take a break. Coming up next, it's more NFL Draft Talk with our friend David Cantor from DEC Management. David represents Tank Lawrence and a lot of huge contracts in the NFL. Has a good beat on the draft. I'll tell you what happens next. Sports.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Fantasy Sports Today. If you caught our show on Friday, you saw David Cantor here on the show, really, I think, dropping some unbelievable knowledge as to why quarterback inflation is a real thing in the NFL draft. So go back on our YouTube channel and you can catch it over on SportsGrid. But David has been kind enough to join us again here on Monday because after today, he's done. He's done with the interviews. He's done talking. Uh, The draft is Thursday. He's in complete shutdown mode, getting ready to help out his clients in the upcoming NFL draft. One of them who we also talked about on Friday was Asante Samuel Jr., who everybody expects will be either a very uh, great player in the NFL or at the very least follow the footsteps of his father, who is honestly a Hall of Fame person, maybe even a Hall of Famer many years with the Philadelphia Eagles, Asante Samuel Jr. Thank you, David, once again for coming on the show here on this Monday. Hope you had a good weekend. Okay, so uh, we're, we're going to hit on some fantasy today as opposed sure. to reality. So so why, David, I, I think I know the answer why, but you're just so much smarter than me at this. Why are running backs, uh, and especially the talent that I see in this draft, Najee Harris and some others, why are they still so far undervalued? Are, are the days of a top five running back being taken in the NFL draft done? Is it over? No, I don't. I don't think it's over. I think that the player and the need has to be superlative. You have to have somebody, uh, an Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Saquon Barkley. You have to have a talent. I mean, I was talking to John Robinson a couple days ago, the GM of the Titans, and we were talking about how he was able to get Derrick Henry in the second round. Mm -hmm. So a lot of teams want that, right? Like, hey, can we get – but he's a unique guy. Like, he's 6'4", he's 230 pounds. He has to run a certain scheme. He has to fit certain holes. He's not going to be a, you know, he's, a, he's not a one-step guy that's going to do a lot of moves in the hole. He's a lot of zone reads and spreads and stretch plays and things like that. So I also think the game has changed, right? The, the dynamics of pro football, when I represented Stephen Davis or Mike Anderson back in the late 90s or early 2000s, there's not a bunch of 6'1", 6'2", 230-pound guys where the team's just going to run the ball 38 times a game and grind out because they know that the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills and now the New England Patriots, as long as Tom Brady's there, can hang 40 points on anyone at any time. 
You've also got a smaller, more diminutive quarterback now where a lot of the zone read stuff comes in, a lot of play actions more prevalent. You know, Dak Prescott, Tua, these guys are not monsters. Kyle, you know, Kyler Murray, these guys are not big, big guys, whereas maybe in the old days when you and I were growing up watching football, it was all 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", quarterbacks, Dan Marino, you know, Jim Kelly, those guys, Bernie Kosar, that would a little bit of pocket movement. Now, you don't even need 335-pound left tackles because the quarterbacks are going to be moving, so you need to be able to move the pocket with them. And so I think that that's the reason why the run game has been kind of diminished at the tippy top of the draft. Also, you've seen the propensity for teams to really strike it rich with later round running backs that have become yeah. dynamic players. And let's be honest, when you're 5'11", 206 pounds, and you're running into a linebacker who's 6'4", 258 pounds, like my guy Jamie Collins on the Detroit Lions, you're going to get broken. And the wear and tear on the position in college versus the wear and tear on the position in the NFL – it's a, it's a declining you know, lifespan for a position that has a very narrow window of opportunity. That's yeah. why you see as many running backs getting paid huge, huge money. And the ones that do get paid huge, huge money, if they don't perform in two years, they're chewed up and spit out. Yeah, you know I mean? no, it, and, and it's proven There's to be a mistake. Is Melvin Gordon, right? Yeah, I was just going to say it's proven to be a mistake. Melvin Gordon, Todd Gurley on a one-year deal last year. Um it's it, it, time and time again, it fills a need and it fills the need for such a short period of time that it almost and doesn't become we're still doing it 130 years later. It's really amazing. amazing. He's yeah. incredible. A great guy, too. Yes. Um, David from South Florida, as am I. We've known each other for a long time, 20 years at least. Um, um, OK, so uh, let's focus on one player in this draft, not a client of David's, but of course, uh, somebody who's going to go in the top 10. They're, they're saying, David, that, that Kyle Pitts is one of a kind. He's a unicorn. He's a player that we've never seen at this level in the NFL draft. I'm a Gator. I, I had a dollar if I heard that every year. David, let's play it out. Sure. Kyle Pitts, should yeah. he be a top five pick in the NFL yeah. draft? Should he be a top three pick in the NFL draft? What's your opinion? Well, here's the problem. You have a quarterback-driven league, and as we talked about last week, the diminishing value of being able to pay a quarterback versus have one in your control for at least five years with the, with the rookie pool and the lower quarterback numbers and the higher veteran numbers make teams push these quarterbacks up to the tippy top. Right. Is Mac Jones the third best player in the draft? No, I don't think any player, any GM will tell you that, including if the 49ers take them Thursday night at three overall. They will say it's the position – that pushes them up. So if you're doing a just best available guy across the board, I would say the league would tell you Trevor Lawrence is one rocket ship bullet, generational talent, maybe the next Andrew Locke, Peyton Manning type quarterback. I I'm not as big a fan as, as other people are. Uh, there's a lot of things I thought he left on the field, but since he's 10 years old, he's been the next one. The next great one, you know, he's the LeBron James of quarterback, so to speak, or or Zion Williamson, if you will. And then I would say it's Pitts. I, I would. He is a, a dynamic playmaker who can literally do almost anything that any other position player can do. I won't be surprised if he ends up going forward to Atlanta with Arthur Smith, who's an incredibly creative offensive guy, or even fifth to Cincinnati with Zach. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets 30 carries next season. I know that sounds ludicrous. That does. 
he's that good with the ball. So what wow. you do is you line him offset and you run him on jet sweeps. Whereas most guys at that position, and I represent tight ends in the NFL, aren't going to do it. Is he a tight end? Is he a wide receiver? Is he a hybrid? Who knows? Who cares? He's just a tremendously athletic, dynamic, sexy player that in this new NFL, and by new NFL, I mean about seven to nine years ago, it started to become more spread, more zone read, a lot more gimmicky nonsense football that I don't love as much, but it wins games and it puts up points and it sells fantasy and gamblers and tickets. And so we're all getting better and getting made making more money off of it so it's an exciting he's an exciting dynamic guy so he's my number two best player in the draft we got a couple of minutes left so sure. so let, let's expand on one topic before you go um will there be something shocking that happens yes. on on okay <laughs> on Absolutely. draft night and, and and let me finish and and what you know what are the range of possibilities if you had a team a player an idea of that i mean is there something you would predict Something well, shocking. You know, I, I do I do think Mac Jones going third overall is a little bit shocking. I, I think that if you went into last college football season in the spring, I don't know that Mac Jones was in the top 100 of any, any team in America. Zach Wilson was probably not in anyone's top 100, and he's the new starting quarterback for the New York Jets, or at least the second overall pick for the New York Jets. Trevor Lawrence is the first overall pick. So I think there's a couple teams like the Buffalo Bills – could be a big, big trade-off. Dallas, Jerry Jones cannot stop talking about Kyle Pitts to the point where now if you're sitting at four or five and you know Dallas is willing to move up, you're like, hey, trade me your whole draft and you can have Kyle Pitts. And, and, and maybe Jerry convinces them because they think their window in Dallas is now and it's win now. We paid the quarterback. We've got these wide receivers. We paid Zeke. We paid DeMarcus. Let's go get another one. I wouldn't do that if I was running the Cowboys. But for me, the shocking part will be the defensive end sliding because I don't love any single one of them in the draft. I think Jalen Phillips is probably your number one guy, but there's a lot of issues there that teams are probably worried about. He did not play football for a while. He did back out. of You know, he's had injuries. You know, Rousseau might be another guy that looked amazing but hasn't played football Opting out didn't help these kids. There's a lot of kids that didn't play football last year that were like, I'm not going to play, and it opted out. So I think you'll get some of those guys that slide. And then Justin Fields with the epilepsy. I think that that's something that I'll be watching. Usually I won't watch the first five or six picks because I know that I'm not involved. But I do think that there'll be something shocking and exciting. And I just wish it was next Thursday, not this Thursday. All right. Well, David, good luck Thursday. Thank you again for making time for us here on the show. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Appreciate it. Be well. All right. David Cantor, follow him on Twitter. Best in the business. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. from the first two years of their career uh devonta smith barely played as a freshman only got 42 passes as a sophomore if you go back and look at jalen waddle's career you basically see the exact opposite he played right away as a true freshman uh, 848 yards, seven touchdowns as a true freshman in Alabama. He did so in that offense with NFL players Damian Harris, Josh Jacobs, Najee Harris, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Irv Smith, and the aforementioned uh, Devonta Smith. So Waddle was more productive at a young age, uh, probably would have had a chance to be just as productive as Devonta Smith their final season, but he got injured almost immediately in his final season at Alabama, only played in six games, still had a, a decent season for only playing in six games. Um, you know, but it, it is, it basically, it is what it is. Waddle, uh, the better, more physical player, taller, stronger. Uh, and Devonta Smith did not do himself any favors by not running at his pro day. So didn't put down a 40 time, didn't lift any weights, came in at, a, like, I think 171 pounds. So not ideal NFL wide receiver size either. All right, now let's go over to quarterback with all of the scuttle happening over the weekend. If these odds are still current, it, it kind of tells you that nothing has changed where uh, Justin Fields and Trey Lance both expected to go in the top 10 of the draft. But as far as who goes ahead of the other, right now Fields is the overwhelming favorite at minus 174. Now, uh, look, the numbers are, are almost impossible to look at because of just COVID and everything happened in 2020. But Fields was a star in college, no doubt about that. I know, Davis, you're very high on Trey Lance. And and look, if Justin Fields slips in this draft, then this is a great bet of taking Trey Lance at plus 136. Even if you ignore the third pick overall, it's still a good, uh, good bet. But you have to believe that's going to happen in order to make this bet. Yeah, so I think that this is a pretty, I actually think this is exploitable. I do think Trey Lance is going to go ahead of Justin Fields, you know, based on everything that we're hearing. Uh, there was a report from Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network last night. Basically, you know, teams have real concerns on Justin Fields, you know, for a couple different reasons. They So I, I do think he is going to slide in the draft. So I would take the plus money here with Trey Lance. I think some of the possible destinations for Trey Lance, I do still think he is, he would be, the second place guy for San Francisco, I, I think that there's still a chance he does go to San Francisco. I think there's a chance that Detroit takes Trey Lance. That's who I put in my most recent mock draft was Detroit taking Trey Lance. It's the perfect fit for them there. They can tank out for another year, get another high draft pick next year. They don't have to play Trey Lance right away. And then Denver, I think, is the team for fields. But I expect Trey Lance is going to be off the clock by the time that Carolina and Denver select. So I, I do think... Trey Lance should be favored here over Justin Fields. Yeah, this may be one of my favorites of all the ones that I've seen so far. I think that's a real thing. Plus 136, bet 100 to win $136. I like that bet a lot. Now, this next one we're going to look at makes no sense whatsoever to me. You'll have to tell me where I'm wrong here in my analysis because I saw Kellen Mond play all four years or all three years, wherever it was at Texas A&M. I never once saw him playing in the NFL, not once. I, I just, I do not see it. 
Now, I don't know if Kyle Trask is going to be a great pro, but these numbers are completely flawed, obviously, because Trask didn't play as much as Mon did. So, of course, Mon's number is going to be way better. Uh, I, I don't even – where do they have Mon projected at minus 142? Is he a, is he a second-round quarterback in this year's draft, Davis? I think he could be a second-round pick, and the reason why I think that is Mond is more toolsy than Kyle Trask, right? He he's uh, and and you know honestly, part of it is the Dak Prescott stuff with Kellen Mond. You know, if you look at and Dak Prescott was definitely better in college than Kellen Mond was, but yeah, but. Look, I mean, we would be lying to ourselves if we didn't think that some of these teams are, you know, scouting the helmets and thinking in terms of the pedigree of a specific institution, which I think is playing in here for Kellen Mond. I don't have a strong lean on this one either way. I will say I've heard more drum beats for Kellen Mond than I have for Kyle Trask. I don't think either of these guys ends up being, you know, a good above average NFL starting quarterback. But, you know, we also have just seen that, Teams want to take on projects like Kellen Mond, you know, your, your Taysom Hills, uh, you know, your, your backup athletic quarterbacks. You can run some wildcat type stuff with them. You know, that's what Jalen Hurts was doing uh, last year before Carson Wentz got benched. I, I think that some team probably envisions that for Kellen Mond, which isn't to say that Kyle Trask is like a statue. I mean, he can move a little bit, but Mond is, Mond is more in the build of like a, you know, a quote unquote athlete, I suppose. Yeah, I, I would have no interest whatsoever in, in that. Um, and, and this is what's amazing is that I feel stupid because I've watched so much college football and that basically everything that I'm being told of watching a player play for three or four years was wrong. Like, it's like everything that I saw was incorrect. And I, and I don't mind being wrong about one out of every three guys because if I'm right 66% of the time, that's great. But if Kellen Mond ends up being really good in the pros, I, I am just I'm, – I'm just – done trying to analyze this stuff because he, I mean Davis he was very average by the way with a really good head coach last year like really good offensive head coach in Jimbo Fisher uh, last two years as a matter of fact so I am just not buying now in terms of Trask I saw him play a ton too there's not enough track record here to know whether he's good or not I would throw the dart here and take a shot um you know, this this scenario here, Davis, to, to be honest with you, both of these players remind me of when Will Greer was drafted by Carolina a couple of years yeah. ago, where, where where we really didn't know enough, have enough, or see enough, but the dude just kept moving up from like seventh round to sixth to fifth. I think he eventually got drafted in the third or fourth, and we're never going to see him play in the NFL. And and that may be the case with these two guys, but that's why I asked about second round, because that's, that's like a different story than third or fourth. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. The, the, there, this always happens in the NFL draft, by the way. There's always some C-plus quarterback prospect who gets drafted way too early. A couple of years ago, it was Drew Locke, I think, at pick 37 to the Denver Broncos. A couple of years ago, it was Will Greer to the Carolina Panthers. I, we, we just always see stuff like this because the thirst, even for good backup quarterbacks in the NFL, is so great. Everyone wants cost-controlled quarterbacks, right? Because even if you are paying a backup quarterback like for example you know chase daniel or joe flacco or something right. those guys are making five million seven million six million dollars a year well a second round quarterback for five years they're going to make like 1.8 million dollars a year against the cap so you know if trask is even a serviceable backup quarterback you can kind of take taking him in the second round third round is like a small 
win, which sounds absurd. That that does, That's not the way fans think of the draft. But if you think of how the draft actually improves your roster, not having to spend money on a backup quarterback is pretty pretty nice. Yeah, no, I think that's a fair point, too. I mean, Brett, I remember a couple of years ago, uh, three or four years ago, was texting me. He loved this Christian Hackenberg quarterback from Penn State. He was just a huge fan. And, of course, that didn't really work out. For, I'm just kidding. But that's uh, another example of a guy that got pushed up a little bit uh, for the draft. Um, all right, so, uh, Davis, uh, what did anything change for you in your rankings over the weekend over at Daily Roto on this? Or you're still where same? Anything change? Yeah. So I actually have my mock draft. Uh, the, the weirdest thing I have in my mock draft is that, uh, is that I have Panay Sewell falling a little bit. So the way I have my, my top 10, Lawrence Wilson, Mac Jones, Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell at six, Trey Lance at seven, and then the Panthers getting just probably the best value of the draft other than Lawrence at one, getting generational offensive tackle Panay Sewell at eight, uh, fields going at number nine to the Broncos. And then uh, probably the worst kept uh, secret of the draft is that the Cowboys are either going to take Patrick Sertain at number 10 or JC Horn at number 10 there. They are uh, almost certainly going to take a cornerback that now one thing that I could see happening is the Cowboys trading multiple picks to get up to four and taking Kyle Pitts. Jerry Jones has been on the radio. He's saying he loves Kyle Pitts you know, generational talent, yada, yada. I would love to see that as a Cowboys fan, but definitely we can count, I think, if they stay at 10, they're taking a corner. All right. Well, there's your update on the draft, and we'll talk about it again here tomorrow as we close in on Thursday night. But coming up next, time for a little fantasy or reality. We'll dive back into Madison Bumgarner, future Hall of Famer, now with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Did he, in fact, throw a no-hitter, and should it just count as a no-hitter? We'll tackle that coming up for you right here on Fantasy Sports Today. Uh, we also have the Sports Grid 60, and then we're right back here on the show tomorrow, so make sure you tune in. As a reminder, all of our shows and all of our videos are posted on our YouTube channel. And also don't forget to follow us on social media on Twitter, at SportsGrid and SportsGrid Radio as well. Uh, timeout is coming. We'll be back in just two minutes with fantasy or reality. So stay with us and stay right here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. This is Fantasy Sports Today. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
In order to get a rating boost here on Sports Grid, we're going to go ahead and turn it back over to Davis real quick for a Royals Tigers update from Detroit. Davis, what, what's the latest in this uh, in this matchup today? I believe they're in the second inning. Second inning, 0-0. Brad Keller put two guys on free, walked them in the first inning. The Royals just went down uh, the top of the second inning in order. So not uh, not a bonanza of baseball action as of yet, but uh, we're, we're just getting warmed up. Well, I am looking forward to watching this game as soon as I get off this show here in uh, about 20 minutes from now here. When, when fantasy sports today is over. And of course, if anyone does anything in that game today, they'll be part of our fantasy standout segment here on tomorrow's show. But nonetheless, time for us to get to uh, a little fantasy or reality as we close things out here. And, uh, and, and Davis, I, I think that, look, this is the age old question, I think in, in baseball, and it's debated quite a bit. It just depends, I think on opinion, but there are some that feel that they want to see a great pitching matchup. There are others that feel they want to see as many runs as they can at the ballpark. And I think this also might, by the way, ha- may have to do with being in person as opposed to being on TV, and I'll explain that in a minute. But here's the statement that we'll make to start the show. Fantasy or reality, great pitcher performances are better than uh, teams scoring you know, a lot in, uh, in games, high-scoring games. What do you think about this, fantasy or reality? So I think that this is a reality if, it's coming with strikeouts. If it's a lot of ground balls, a lot of flyouts, and you just feel like that pitcher is so close to getting unlucky, but he doesn't get unlucky, I don't find those as entertaining. You know, when it's uh, a guy is he's got down 15 in a row, but he has you know four strikeouts and a bunch of ground balls, not near as exciting. What you want is you want what Degrom did the other night where he's got he's going into the ninth inning with 15 strikeouts, and it just it feels like there's just no way anyone is going to be able to, to, you know, get some exit velocity behind one of those balls. I also agree with your point that it's different being there and on TV. If you're just kind of watching TV, you got your phone up, you're hanging out. Like I, I, it's a little bit different now being at a game where a pitcher either has a no hitter going or is just mowing guys down. I remember I went to a Dodgers Royals interleague game, uh, you know, five, six years ago with Kershaw on the mound. And I, I remember just being like, he is incredible. Like watching Clayton Kershaw just mow that Royals team down. It was like unbelievable how skilled he was and how much control he had over the ball. But I think had I been watching that game on the TV, I probably would have just turned it off. Like I don't need to watch the Royals go down in order to Clayton Kershaw. So I agree with you. There's definitely some in-person versus TV stuff going on there. Oh, there's no no doubt. And, And look, this is one thing that I could speak very much to, especially lately. Um, and you don't you don't want to go to a baseball game, Davis, where it's twelve seven. You you just don't, man. It, it's unless unless you really have nothing to do and and you're going to put in the five hours or four and a half hours in person. You would much rather see a great pitching performance. Now, look, there are exceptions to the rule. A player hits three home runs or four home runs in one game. Like that's worth staying. That's worth seeing. But in life and in sports. I think that even though I'm not the average person, because this is what I do, I think the average person that wants to take their family to a ballpark, and if we're speaking of baseball specifically, they want to be in and out within four hours, an hour, you know, 30 minutes to get there, three hours at the park, 30 minutes to get home. I, I mean, I think that's reasonable. When you're talking about 12, 7, 15, 8 games, 
you're talking about the five, six hour commitments and, and be, and especially on a nut at a weekday night, you're talking about just not being possible to have your kids, uh, you know, go to sleep. Now, if you're just out with your buddies, you don't care. Different story. Totally agree. Uh, I'm going to say great pitcher performances are more fun than high scoring games. Uh, if you are at the park, yes. If you're not, doesn't matter. I think they're both equal. I could go either way. I could just turn it off whenever I want. All right. Now, yesterday, Madison Bumgarner, who has struggled mightily in the month of April for the Arizona Diamondbacks, has struggled for two years now, 2020, 2021, pitched the second end of a doubleheader. First part of the doubleheader, Zach Gallen dominated the Braves. Second part of the doubleheader, Madison Bumgarner threw seven innings and did not give up a hit. Diamondbacks won the game. Fantasy reality, Madison Bumgarner should have a no-hitter with an asterisk, Davis. Uh. So this is a reality because he should have a no-hitter without an asterisk. There was no more innings for him to pitch. There was no more batters for him to face. He pitched his allotted time. The game ended in its normal course, and he did not allow a hit. Uh, it really is an open-and-shut case for me. If the games are going to count in the standings, they got to count for the record books, all the you know the home runs, uh, all of the, the RBIs, all the stolen bases and everything from that game counted. They're going to go on the ledger for those players over the course of the year. It is it is a no-hitter, no asterisk. Uh, so I well, this is like half fantasy, half reality. Half reality, he should have a no-hitter. Fantasy, it should have an asterisk. Yeah, I, I, um, I don't even think it needs an asterisk, to be honest with you. It's a no-hitter. It's a no-hitter. I, 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 I think there was a pitcher, if I'm not mistaken, that threw a five-inning no-hitter or a perfect game. And Andy Hawkins is the guy's name, if I'm not mistaken. It was like rained out after five innings. Um, and, and that counted. He had a baseball card that set it on there. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was like a special card, like a record breaker or something like that. Uh, it's, it's just a no-hitter, the end, end of story. Uh, what's interesting is that Lincecum had thrown a no-hitter and Matt Cain had thrown a perfect game, and Bumgarner had never done this before with all those great years in San Francisco. I thought that was pretty peculiar. So, yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to say fantasy. No, no asterisk at all, just straight no-hitter at the end. All right, now uh, Pelican season is is going down the tubes. Doesn't look like they're going to make the playoffs even with the expanded. And and look, Zion Williamson, generational player. We all think he's uh, what top fifteen player in the league right now. Maybe top ten. Some people think that. I don't know. Probably borderline there. Uh, but they're not going to make the playoffs, Davis. They are probably not going to make it. Doesn't look like it. And there's got to be some pressure on this organization after scoring the number one overall pick and this guy doing what he did to make the playoffs. So fantasy or reality, the pressure is on that Zion and company must make the playoffs in year three. Yeah, I mean, there is giant pressure here. And interestingly enough, I think that his career is going to kind of mirror Anthony Davis's, who was another uh, you know, number one overall pick by the then New Orleans Hornets. Uh, so for Anthony Davis, he went 27 wins, 34 wins, 45 wins. They made the play that they, they made the playoffs that year, uh, 30 wins, and then uh, 34 wins. And then Anthony Davis left the team for greener pastures as he should do. Why, why would Zion Williamson want to stay for this team. There's some complex stuff that goes on with the ownership of the New Orleans Pelicans. They are owned by the same family that owns the New Orleans Saints. It's become clear that 
over the course of that Anthony Davis trade, they are not as excited about owning the basketball team as they are owning the football team. They want to spend as much money on the football team as possible, you know, spending up to every dollar they can on Sean Payton and then Drew Brees now going to be Taysom and Jameis. Um, so if he doesn't make the playoffs in year three, I think we're going to start to hear, oh, Zion wants to play in L.A., Zion wants to play in New York. Zion wants to play with Kevin Durant. Zion wants to play with Steph Curry or John Morant or whoever, you know, whatever this next generation of stars is going to be. He needs to make the playoffs for his own purposes. But I think the Pelicans, more importantly, they should be the ones who are sweating. Like they are the ones who should be going, what's going to be a problem if we're not able to make the sixth seed next year? Because Zion is not going to put up with, you know, 33-year-old Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams and Josh Hart as his best teammates. Like, we got to either get someone in or we are going to lose Zion. Yeah, I think that this is a reality, too. It's very rare that – look, we, we've seen this before, especially with Philly when they drafted all those you know, number one overall picks. They were all hurt, sat out, all that kind of stuff. But in this particular situation, I mean, Zion's playing at a really high level. They have got to help him a little bit more. So, yeah, so this is a reality. I think they must make it. Uh, NBA coaches and executives do get churned quite a bit, and, you know, nothing would surprise me at all. Um, but I, I do think that there's probably that, that possibility that something will have to change, and if it doesn't change for them sooner than later, that's the, there's definitely no doubt about that. Um, all right, so that's fantasy or reality uh, for today. Tomorrow we'll, we'll do this once again. Tomorrow we'll focus more on the NFL draft. I want to uh, just kind of throw out a couple of things here today, Davis. I, we didn't do this for fantasy or reality, but I do want to kind of like add a bonus here, which is uh, we, we discussed Trevor Bauer earlier in the show. And and, and Bauer, I, I did think, had, had really good comments as far as allowing Tatis to be who he is and this whole let the kids play. It's like this debate that we just keep having every single time any player shows something. For those of you who missed it over the weekend, by the way, uh, Tatis homered off Trevor Bauer. And while he was rounding the bases, put his hand over his eye. Because Bauer, of course, during spring training said that he wanted to, or he did throw with one eye closed. So as cool as Bauer and Davis seemed then, it kind of went the other direction when somebody posted video of Tatis peeking down a little bit and Will Smith not covering up the signs there. So uh, I I, I don't want to make this so much about Bauer as I do on the situation, but just kind of going back to it and adding a little bonus on the fantasy reality, players should be allowed to, steal the catcher's signs if they can. If you are so blatant about your signs that the batter can see it, how is it possibly the batter's fault? Like in what, in what world would we say that obvious betrayal of information? Like this would be like, oh, well, you can't buy stocks if the Wall Street Journal reports that, uh, you know, some merger is going to happen or that, you know, it, it, things are going to go up because of X, Y, or Z. Like that, that it does not mirror or reflect real life at all you should be getting every competitive edge that you can what are we going to ban are we going to ban hitters from lifting weights so they're not strong enough to hit balls out of the stadium like this is uh I mean, this is just preposterous if you are not hiding your signals like isn't it now i have never played competitive baseball but like if you can just see a pitcher being like or the catcher being like okay fastball is coming like what? What do you you just take a ball because it was intellectually dishonest of you to hit the fastball? Like how does this? How does this even make sense? Like beat Trevor Bauer and who was catching in that game? Will Smith or Barnes? I, I don't yeah. know. Whoever, whichever one of them it was. Like just be better at your job. Your job is to not give the hitter information. You need to do better. It's not Tatis's fault for knowing what's coming. 
it was interesting was the video uh you know they talk over these videos sometimes on youtube and and, and apparently it was like like will smith davis painfully knew that he that he gave away the sign like i guess like will smith's eyes like when like he totally knew that tatis knew what the pitch was and then uh, very rarely do you see, do you see a, a pitch that far outside the zone, even 12, 15 inches outside the zone, and, sat, and Tatis pulled it <laughs> to hit a home run. So it's obvious that he had a pretty good indication as to as to what was going to happen there. But look, everybody is different, Davis. I could tell you that if you're doing that to Yadier Molina, something bad is going to happen. Yadier Molina is going to do – if you try to do that to Yadier Molina, something bad is going to end up happening there. But – uh, I get what you're saying. You definitely should hide it. Uh, not all catchers feel that way. They feel that that's part of of doing something that you shouldn't be doing, but remains to be seen how they end up treating this in the future. But uh, any attempt at hitting somebody with the ball is just insane. I, and I don't think that that is something. And Bauer was kind of leaning toward mentioning that, that that's something that could potentially happen. I mean, come on. Like, there's better ways to handle it than that. No one wants to see an injury, even if a guy is not doing the right thing. All right, we got the Sports Grid 60. Coming up next, so make sure you stay with us and stay on the grid, and then we're out of here for this Monday. Plenty more draft talk coming for us here on Fantasy Sports Today throughout the week, so stay with us. And as a reminder, Thursday night, 7 o'clock Eastern, our Sports Grid draft special. From a betting perspective, get all of the picks, and we'll break it down for you. We'll be right back to wrap it all up. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Uh, Before we get out of here, some breaking news from baseball. ESPN's Jeff Passan reports Rockies general manager Jeff Breidich has resigned from his post. Rockies off to a tough start this season, had turned it around. Of course, it's not been a good run of uh, luck for the Rockies last couple of years and trading Nolan Arenado, and uh, certainly we'll see what the Rockies decide to do. Hmm. Big story to end the show. All right, Davis, what do you got for the Sports Grid 60? None other 
than Shohei Atani because I just went to go check the odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook and I assumed, oh, you know, he's leading baseball in home runs. He hasn't gotten hurt yet. We haven't heard anything about a blister. He's taking the mound tonight. He's got to be down to like three to one, four to one to win AL MVP, right? You are wrong. Mike Trout hasn't played for two days dealing with a minor injury. He's still the favorite at two to one. Otani is still 10 to 1. Some of the other names, Alex Bregman, Byron Buxton, Jose Ramirez, Aaron Judge. I mean, these guys are having fine seasons, but nothing that would cause them to overtake Aaron Judge. And if Otani comes out, fires five innings, two earned runs, four walks, and seven strikeouts tonight in his start, let me tell you this number, it's going down because no one since literally since Babe Ruth has been able to get through the season with you know, 25 home runs and 15 starts. So we're going to get some more information tonight. I think he will pitch well tonight. Shohei Otani, 10 to 1. (laughs) Team is just pushing this thing. It's great. Um, You know, this is the first time that I've ever been part of any kind of sports show where I've gotten, let's say, in a two-hour show or a three-hour show through and no mention whatsoever of the Academy Awards. No mention. No mention on this show of the Academy Awards, Oscars, nothing. And and I think that everybody knows the reason why. And mostly because 2020 only had movies that were streamed and online. And I get that and I understand it. Um, And what does that tell you today? It tells you that actually going to the movies is kind of cool and kind of important because it turned the Academy Awards and the Oscars into a non-story, something that no one was really even talking about today. And that's because most of the movies, of course, were not in the movies. But it shows you that's something that we missed. Hope we get it back. That'll do for the show. Thanks to James, Brett, Danny, and Ryan. For Davis, I'm Craig. Have a great day. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.